So, from time to time, you hear the voice of William or Willie. He here on this show as a guest. Um, well, he hasn't added Shakespearean scholar to his many achievements of broadcasting and being a solicitor. We have a, a different Professor William Leahy with me in the studio now of Mary Immaculate College, uh, who is Dean of Arts at MIEC and one of the world's leading Shakespearean academics. And you are welcome. Good morning to you. Good morning. So, you are delivering a lecture, free one, to the public uh, at Mary I uh, this Thursday, the 23rd of March. And the core of it is, was William Shakespeare the author of his plays and stories at all? Exactly. That's exactly the topic. Is he uh, a real man or has he been generated into some kind of mythological creature? Mm. Now, many of us who studied Shakespeare at school at the very least might have hoped at times that he had never existed, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, you know, in and of himself or how he's portrayed one of the great writers in the English language of all time. So how have you gone about exploring this? Well, I first got interested in this about 20 years ago. And um, I started researching it. I was asked to write something for some newspapers over in the UK so I started researching it, and what I found was that there are certainly problems with the traditional story, the traditional narrative of Shakespeare as the author of the plays. Now, I pursued that for a number of years, and uh, what became very interesting to me was how most Shakespeare scholars absolutely rejected that out of hand. They just didn't want to go there. They weren't interested, and uh, the more I pushed at it, the more um, I became... Uh, what can I say? Uh, I won't say marginalised, but uh, they just did not want to listen to the sorts of research that I was putting uh, forward. And is part of that to do with the fact that they had, many of them, dedicated their lives to the study of Shakespeare? And if you happen to be right, to some extent it would undermine that. I think that's part of it. You know, whenever you um, in some way test or challenge what is conventional knowledge, the way knowledge has been for hundreds of years, you're always going to meet that sort of opposition. But what did surprise me about this is, you know, academics, professors, whatever, part of the job description is to be curious, is to ask questions. And yet these Shakespeare scholars, they spent their life asking questions, except when it came to Shakespeare's life, then they would stop asking questions and would just say, we know the truth, we don't need to know any more, go away. Remind me of when William Shakespeare was at work, you know, what period of time we're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about, he was born in 1564, married in 1582, he came to London, and in London the plays were produced, we think, between about 15, late 1580s, to around about 1613. Now, let me uh, put a caveat in there. We don't know when any of the plays were written. Right. We know when they were published, but we don't know when they were written. And many of them were performed, was it at the Globe? Uh, some were performed at the Globe and at other theatres. Now, Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, that we know of, he was a shareholder at the Globe Theatre. Hmm. He was also the person who was responsible for buying plays. Um, so he did have a presence there. But in the records for Shakespeare, there are about 70 records in total from the time 
just about everyone is connected with his business dealings. Okay. Buying and selling property. Um, he was uh, often chasing, he was a money lender. That's the first record of him in London, is lending money. He was chasing people to try and get the money back through the courts. He was twice summoned himself because of non-payment of uh, certain monies and so on. He was um, a big property guy in Stratford. And um, this is what is the the basis of uh, my research, really, is that when we look at Shakespeare in the records, what we find is a businessman and not a writer. Hmm. We're chatting to Professor William Leahy, who is delivering this lecture. You can go along. It's free at Mary Immaculate College this Thursday. Was William Shakespeare the author of his plays and stories? And you said something very interesting there, that he was responsible at the theatre for buying plays. Yeah. So that might be part of where your questioning comes from, perhaps. Exactly. So we, we need to understand what authorship was like at the time. And it's very different to how it is now. You know, nowadays we think the writer of a novel or whatever, in some way they're the owner of that. They're the, um, you know, they're the creator and they own the, the ideas that are contained in that story. In Shakespeare's time, a theatre would commission a play from a, a writer. The writer would deliver the play... Uh, and get six pounds for it. And then that became the property of the theatre. Very often, the writer wouldn't have their name on it. It was delivered in loose sheets. That would be passed around actors and so on. Certain parts of it may not work very well. They bring in another writer, so on and so forth. And sometimes those plays would then be published maybe ten years later. Right. So, you know, Macbeth or Hamlet or The Merchant of Venice, etc., etc. Normally, if you have one author... There are common threads that run through the author's writing. He or she have certain ways of doing things that are easily enough recognised by scholars. Does that apply to his plays? Well, that was the traditional story. You know, we don't need to really research this stuff because it's clear if you look at the early plays to the late plays, what you can see is the development of one creative mind. Now, I've always thought that's not true. Uh, if you compare an early play like, I don't know, the third Henry VI with Antony and Cleopatra, there's no way you can tell me that that's the same author in there. But what's also true is, as I say, we don't know when the plays were written. So we, we can't trace that trajectory of a maturing writer anyway. Now, what's happened uh, lately is, uh, amongst those Shakespeare scholars that for many years told me I was an idiot, they've started using computer software to analyse all of the language. And in the latest um, sort of edition of the Oxford University Press collected works of Shakespeare, 12 of the plays are said to be written by various authors, sometimes including Shakespeare, sometimes not. Mm. So what the computer software is showing is that this idea of one single author responsible for all of these works is a fallacy. Okay. So will that emerge into the teaching of Shakespeare that happens at school at some point? It's a good question. Now, uh, you made the earlier comment about uh, often school children wish Shakespeare had never existed because it's the, it's the same in the UK as well. Young uh, people are struggling. They're struggling with Shakespeare. It's difficult. It is difficult. Um, some of the language is quite antiquated and so on. Now, for me, 
I would say a great way into Shakespeare is this authorship question. Young people love it. When I do talk about it to students particularly, they just love the idea that this is like a mystery. That's the first thing, a, a, a mystery to solve, like so many modern-day podcasts. But also, I tell them things about Shakespeare that they don't know, and they don't understand why they don't know, because they felt they were... There's lots about Shakespeare they do know, which is wrong, and lots about Shakespeare they don't know, and they don't know why they don't know it. it the other thing is, you know, this was the equivalent of, you know, the fair city of its day or whatever, wasn't it? These were soaps of a sort on stage. So uh, how is it that his works survive to this day and are accepted as works of genius, and many other works haven't or just disappeared into the ether over the centuries? Yeah, that's a good question, and there's a number of reasons around that. The first important thing is these collected works that came out, 35 of the plays, in one solid volume, all at once. So that's there to study. Now, that appeared seven years after he died. 18 of the 35 plays in there had never been heard of before. So there's a there's a whole mystery around that. The second thing to say is, you know, some of the... Some of these plays are absolutely fantastic. They are, you know, really, really brilliant plays and they appeal to everyone. Now, the, th the third part of that is, part of this appeal is the women that Shakespeare created. You know, in play after play, he creates what traditionally people say are just the strongest female characters, perhaps in all literature. Now, an, an added question is, how, how did Shakespeare, this businessman from Stratford, how was he so attuned to the feminine psyche that he could create these sorts yeah, of characters? And, and, of course, women weren't going to get the credit, were they? Exactly. And there is a couple of women that possibly had an input here. Mary okay. Sidney, for example. Okay. Really, really fascinating stuff. And we've just barely touched on it this morning. But thank you so much for talking to us. Certainly creates lots of questions for lots of us who might have a passing knowledge uh, and interest in Shakespeare. That's Professor William Leahy of Mary Immaculate College. And as I say, that free public lecture is at Mary Immaculate College this Thursday, uh, the 23rd of March. At what, what time? 6pm. At 6pm. Uh, so people can go along and enjoy that. And I'm sure lots of people will. And it's a very, very interesting area. Thank you very much for coming in. Appreciate Thank you. it. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.